Uh, welcome back to Time to Be Frank. Uh, I got a awesome guest on today. Um, some of you may know him from the MLW Wiffleball channel. Others may know him from the Pipe It Up podcast. Um, it's If you haven't checked out MLW, I give a strong recommendation there. They are the best wiffle ball league on YouTube, uh, which is a growing field for sure. But um, MLW, it, you know, it's it's been around for a while. It's it's honestly, I like it more than watching Major League Baseball. It's incredible the uh, the content that they put out. So uh, this is the host of the Pipe It Up podcast. One of the uh, is it what five time World Series champion Tommy Coughlin. I don't know. It's been a while, so I'm losing track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, in the in the modern era, at least you got the Midwest Mallards. Yeah, uh, yeah we got one that I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably fair. Um, but yeah, this is Tommy Coughlin. Um, Tommy. So to kind of get things started, um, I just wanted to ask you, kind of how how did this this league start? You and Kyle and and what kind of happened to, to, you know, kind of blossom this thing? Um, you know, it just kind of started with, uh, you know, us kids being kids on a, on a summer day or summer days, I should say. Um, you know, we were all loved being outdoors and playing sports, any kind of sport, whether it was, you know, riding our bikes around the neighborhood and doing bike races or playing hockey in the driveway, playing basketball in the driveway. And then, you know, we started playing baseball in the front yard with a, a bat and a tennis ball. And then we discovered these guys, these high school kids on YouTube that actually went by the name of FT Wiffle that had, you know, this little tiny league amongst their friends and they would play in their parents' backyard on a little makeshift field they had. And we said, you know, this would be really cool. We're already playing a game like this. It's more like baseball, but we should we should buy a wiffle ball bat and ball and then film our games and put them on YouTube. And we just started with two teams, you know, amongst the neighbors um, and it just included two families, one set of brothers and then me and my sister the two teams and um i guess the rest is history after that yeah yeah i mean and it's incredible how far back the youtube videos go like if you check them out on youtube you can you can go back towards the very beginning uh with the league um i found you guys in 2020 last year i guess it's two years ago uh when you guys were like the only league still going on or only sports still going on because of the pandemic um and the, the the thing that I think separates you guys from um, other channels in your variety is the way that you guys um, kind of go into the storylines, build the personalities of the league, as well as you guys have like honed in on the nonstop like action. So instead of it, you know, baseball can be like very monotonous, but the MLW videos, because you guys are taking the last pitch on every on every at bat and you guys are showing all the highlights and then showing the personality it just feels so jam packed full of content what what got you guys there um in making in, in, in making the videos um you know the videos as they are today in 2022 or upcoming this year in 2022 are a lot different than what you saw in 2010 when we first started uploading videos as you can imagine you know we're Kyle and myself are now, you know, 22-year-olds, you know, young adults as to being 12-year-old kids with a parent's $100 camera. So what got us there was probably just trial and error 
in a very simple way of putting it, you know, if you go back and watch some of the first videos ever uploaded on the channel, it's not, it, it didn't take us long to get to that style of the last pitch of every at-bat, but the first couple of videos are like a minute long, like just some of the best clips of the game type thing, but we thought it would be easier for people to follow along with and um, keep up with the actual game of it if, you know, each and every at-bat was shown, which sounds like it would be a lot, but in a three-inning wiffle ball game, it's really not too much content to produce. No. it's uh, it's, You guys have about the perfect setup for, like, a 30-minute, like, window for, like, a TV show. You guys got, like, 22, 21 minutes. Um, you, I'm, like, if you guys ever were able to get, like, on TV and have, like, a 30-minute window, you guys would fit the full series within that, like, perfectly, which is great. Um, but along with like the grind that you're talking about and, and the, the trial and error, like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's been years at this point, a decade. Was there any moment that sticked out as like the most surprising to you? Like when MLW, like just kind of shocked you in a way that you didn't imagine it ever could. Um, I'd say there's been a lot of moments like that, but like you said, it has been so long that it almost in the least, you know, cocky way as possible. It does seem like some of these things that we've had been fortunate enough to get are nearly overdue, you know, because Kyle, who if you guys aren't familiar with the league, um, Kyle Schultz is our YouTube editor and one of the players and the commissioner of our league, and I'm just alongside of him, um, has just put in so many hours, you know, really dedicated the greater part of his, you know, young adult years and his teenage years to this league and to this YouTube channel. So... I think, you know, the first time we really got rewarded for that was when we had a highlight from our league getting put onto Sports Center's top 10 plays. And it was, you know, very surreal to watch that in real time, you know, in my parents' living room on TV live. But once again, when you think about it, really, it's like, I mean, this was bound to happen at some point. We've been playing for so long, and that was a goal from when we were 10 year old kids. But, um, it's not like a lack of work was put in to get to that point. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, years, years were built into that. So yeah, that was 2018, the first time. So that was the ninth season on YouTube. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, and then since then, you guys have gone on Sports Center top ten again, right? With uh, was it Drew Davis making that incredible catch last year? Yeah, that's Is that what correct. it was. Yeah, that was it, that was awesome. Uh, and then this year you guys went on TBS with, uh, well, Kyle and what Jimmy Norp, mm-hmm. uh, two, two of the pitchers from the league went on TBS with, um, their crew. What, who it was, uh, what was the pitcher's name that they were with? Pedro Martinez. Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm not the, uh, the biggest baseball guy of all time. Um, but yeah, Pedro Martinez, that was incredible. Um, uh, that's got to be a moment that uh, I imagine sticks out for you guys. Like, I mean, even a couple years ago, the Yak with the uh, Barstool Sports had Kyle Schultz on. I know that, and uh, Big Cat was talking about you guys on Pardon My Take. Uh, it's incredible the 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 reach that you guys have made just grinding along for this twelve years. Um, one question I wanted to ask you about Kyle Schultz, who you mentioned was the commissioner. So I think that. Personally, I believe that he would be a better commissioner of Major League Baseball than uh, Rob Manfred. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think that's accurate? 
Uh, well, to be honest, I don't really follow all of Manfred's every moves. I know that most professional sports commissioners are highly criticized and highly critiqued. I think yes. if you put anybody in that type of spotlight, um, criticism is bound. So <laughs> I guess no comment, but I think you know Kyle does a good job. We all, you know, he does a good job of taking inputs from guys like myself and his brother Daniel Schultz and even other players around the league. We're always just trying to do what's best for not only us as players in the league, but also for people that are watching the league and enjoying the content. Yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of got, like, this ultimate position of he's the editor, uh, so he edits all the content that gets produced, and he's the commissioner, and he's one of the star players. So it's, it is, like... It's he's like the Jackie Moon of commissioners, rather <laughs> than just the the talking head. But I I think I think the reason like I agree with what you what you said like all commissioners get heavily criticized because you know it's a tough position. However, why I think Kyle might um, might make a better commissioner is because I think baseball is is declining somewhat in popularity because it's inability to adapt to the times. And I think what you guys do that, that, that baseball could really use is like bringing in the personality. Like, I think they do some of that, but I think like the mic'd up sessions, um, you know, bringing in the characters like Drew Davis, you know, like, uh, you know, Brendan Zerlag, Jimmy Norp. I mean, Norp has so much, um, just so many like so much excitement hype to him there's all these storylines going on throughout the season about whether he can be you know this new manager who's also like the MVP whether he can really take his team to the World Series and I think Kyle and I think all you guys really do a great job of bringing the personality of you guys into the game in a way that I think Major League Baseball could really uh, use that that's that's why I feel uh, as strongly as I do about that. But you know, uh, it is a difficult position, and and you know, it's not it's not easy. Um, but with well, did you have something to say with that? Um, well, I was gonna say like I don't, I don't know if this is much of a sports podcast or what your listeners' demographic look like and what they're into. But um, as I was thinking as you we were talking, you know put it this way major league baseball you know has 30 teams of you know 40 man or 40 man playoff rosters 25 man rosters so it's a lot of guys and yes there's a lot of fans a lot more fans than we have but it's harder to build those storylines in a league of that size compared to our league which is so so intimate yeah we have eight teams with pretty much three starters on each team that's 24 guys that's it that's less than one mlb roster so I think it's easier for fans to fall in love with these guys because they see them a lot more often, and they see guys from every single team, not just the ones from their city or on the team that they root for. For example, I think there's so many good stories out there in baseball or so many storylines that many people just don't know about. I think that goes for all sports in that capacity that are so large. Um, recently, for those who watched the college football playoff national championship where Georgia beat Alabama. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people fell in love post game with the whole Stetson Bennett story, the Georgia quarterback, how he was once a preferred walk on had to leave Georgia, came back, worked his way to the starting position and then ended up beating the powerhouse. That's Alabama. So storylines like that 
come up, people are like, wow, that's incredible. But nobody knew about that until the guy won a national championship. So that's because true. of the intimacy of our league, I think it's pretty – it makes it easier for us to highlight guys and their backgrounds and their personalities. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. I think the NBA, though, does a better job um, than, like, a lot of the other sports at, like, bringing the personalities. And I guess, you know, to your point, it is only five starting players, so it is a little bit more intimate than, say, football or um, baseball. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of personality on display in the NBA, and I think that is part of what makes uh, it so popular is, like, the cultural dynamics that are going on um but yeah i mean i think mic'd up in the mlb would be something worth trying at some point you know uh they probably do it a little bit but i think you guys doing it every video um and i guess too the fact that you guys as announcers are part of the league and all that really does like you said i mean the intimacy of the league definitely helps with building that i just think baseball should do like should really think about how they can uh build those connections because i think it's a lot rooted in the tradition of the game which is great like the game is great but like how do you bring that to the new generation and i think what mlw does is like giving people exactly what they want from baseball um which you know it it it'd be difficult to do on that big of a scale, but I think it's worth trying to, in some degree. You know? No, yeah, it, it can be done. I mean, yes, there's more teams, there's more players, but there's also so much more money involved and just a way bigger, bigger budget to produce that kind of stuff. So it can be done. It's just those organizations prioritizing that kind of thing and hiring the correct staff and doing it the right way. That's the beauty of being, you know running it ourselves and just being on YouTube is we don't really have any overhead. You know, it's, it's Kyle and I saying, should we try this? Maybe, you know, we just sit in his bedroom and have these conversations from time to time about certain ideas like we did last night. Yeah, that makes sense. So how much of it do you think? Um, Cause there's, there's definitely between the captains, you guys all have to be organized. Um, Cause there's eight teams and you guys are uh, all working together to kind of schedule, make things happen. How much of this is really a um, a team effort to get this done? Like, what what have you seen over the years that have have built the cohesiveness of this kind of league that you guys have had? Like, what decisions do you think have led to that? Yeah, I think anything successful involving you know a group, you know, so, some YouTubers. When you think of a YouTuber, you might think of you know one person behind a camera, a vlogger, or whatever it may be. Like a person playing video games, a lot of times it's just one person. So it makes us a little unique as we really are a large group. I'm not just saying like only the players, but even just to produce one of our videos, it's just, uh, in my opinion, for the audience that we currently have, it is a lot of work comparatively to what other larger YouTubers have to do. So yeah. I think relationships are super important. Um, like I'm always harping on Kyle and, making sure that, you know, we're never taking for granted how much all of these players and managers have done for us along the way in order to get this thing where it's gotten to. Because I'm not saying it's a significant time commitment, but for just to be a player in this league, but, you know, it is hours out of a person's, you know, week or summer or whatever it may be. So 
Um, we're definitely thankful for the group that we've gotten. And I think the people that are in this league that have stuck around, um, we've tried to treat the best we can because we really appreciate all the work that we do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have grown over the years, but we're still a really close group of, you know, friends, all of us. So everyone gets along really well. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And, and the communication has to be a pretty big part of all that too. Um, between like scheduling everything. Like I made, I made a couple homemade movies back in the day with like some, some of my friends and like just scheduling. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a good time, but like scheduling people who are not getting paid to get together to, to even act out a scene is a nightmare. Just figuring out like everybody's schedules. They all have, you know, commitments here and there. Um, and to be able to communicate in a way where you guys are able to to get these videos out on a regular basis and to schedule these games, I think is probably, you know, I mean, one of the, the wildest things that you guys do, even though it it's probably gets taken for granted a lot. I think the fact that you guys are able to come together as a unit and schedule these games and produce the content in a in a timely manner and you guys are producing it on a weekly basis, you guys have a schedule. I think that's pretty incredible with the, um, you know, the amount of volunteers that you guys have coming coming together to do this. Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy for sure. <laughs> I would definitely say that you know me and Kyle's uh, friendship every summer gets the greatest strain because you know there's days when we're out at the field for you know an eight hour full day and then. We gotta, but because of scheduling conflicts, we have to film another series the very next night. So, you know, then we're, we're all grumpy and tired from that first day. Then he was up all night editing. I had to wake up and go to my nine to five job all day and get to the field. And, you know, so it's definitely, it's not easy. And um, a lot of credit to everybody involved, not just Kyle and I. Um, it's pretty incredible we've been able to pull off summer after summer. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is. What, um, what time of time commitment or what type of time commitment is this for you outside of your nine to five job, you know, like on a weekly basis, um, I guess in the summer specifically, uh, how many hours a week do you think you'd be working MLW on top of your nine to five? Um, it really varies. If I had to just get it down to like one number for you, let's just say, for example, we play two series in a week. I film a podcast, and then maybe I do some other miscellaneous work. So call, say those two series, I arrive at the field at 5 o'clock, I leave around 9. So there's eight hours between those two videos, a three-hour night for the podcast, and say maybe I do another extra three hours of miscellaneous. So we're talking about maybe 15 to 20 hours of work in the summer for me personally, but it changes from year to year. Um, so Kyle and I will have to have, start having those discussions about this summer as to how we're going to attack it, what help we're going to need, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's not too bad for me personally, but it's definitely, you know, it's not easy. It's, it sounds like not a lot of work, but, you know, it is exhausting when you get up at 5.30, you go to the gym, you, then you go to work all day, then you're eating dinner in the car on the way to the field, then you're getting home at, and it's dark outside. You know, it's, it's, it's long days, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, no, I, the only thing I disagree with you is that it does sound like a lot of work in in – uh, my opinion, just from like, you know, it like, you know, you get home from work and you're tired, you know, sometimes and like you can get exhausted. I mean, especially 
you know, working out and things like that. And then you you want to relax, maybe hang out with friends. And, it, you know, you're doing that somewhat, I'm sure, with MLW. Like, you guys are all, all buddies. But um, the there's a level where you're working, where you're announcing. Because you, you and Kyle do the most of the announcing in the umpire uh, calls um, at each game, right? Is, is it just you and Kyle and maybe Dan here and there? Yeah, um, over the years, Dan's been involved. Even Kyle Schultz, is, Mr. Schultz, has has been involved too. But uh, this year was mainly Kyle and myself. Yeah. One thing I'll say about you personally, as far as the umpiring go, is I think I think you have the right approach. With the, I'm just gonna make a call and stick to my guns on it. Would you? Oh, di- man. Would, would Would you agree that's your your kind of style with umpiring these games? For MLW games, it's tougher than for umping kids playing wiffle ball at our wiffle ball tournaments, or even adults for that matter. But I think you have to do that. If anybody out there is a referee or an umpire, um, if people who are playing in the game or watching the game see you second-guessing yourself, it's never a good thing. I was once a part – I did um, one summer job I had when I was in college. I was was a grounds crew, head of grounds crew for our local – baseball both recreation and travel level and there was a tournament one weekend that our city hosted so i was doing grounds crew all day all weekend and there was a young kid umpiring and yeah he screwed up a call and like tried to flip his call and i was it was was bad so i learned from that and never will i do that if you blow a call you have to kind of just blow it because you can't call something and change it so that's what i try to do for our videos and at the tournaments for the kids playing yeah yeah i think I think you're doing the right thing because it's just you're you're going to there's going to be controversy on tough calls almost every time. Yeah, it's part of sports. Yeah, it's just life. And we Um, have you know we have video replay too, and it's not like we have at least not yet. We don't have any replays as to oh or any rules where you can only replay a play a certain amount of times or you have a certain amount of challenges or whatever. If I make a call and I think it maybe it could be. I, my opinion could be changed by video evidence, not from people yelling at me. I will take a look at it, but that's about as much as I can do. Yeah, that, and and you guys do video replay as well as anyone. I feel like because I mean, football certainly has not figured it out. It's just <laughs> it's it's an atrocity. Sometimes you watch your team. You know, I'm a Browns fan, uh, and you watch you know a clear pass interference call on a play, you know, on a fourth down late in the game, and you're like, it, like, it's clear as day. Everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. Why can't why can't we video review that? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we had that season where they were, in, they were you know, reviewing every pass interference. It kind of sucked. But at the same time, like, if you're getting the call wrong clearly, like clear as day, which I think you guys do a really good job, um as far as vision of on, on these calls, cause they're bang, bang. And a lot of times you aren't overturning them, uh, because you guys have the support of like maybe somebody off on the side, um, you know, checking the first base, um, you know, who, whether they got to first base on time or, um, mm-hmm. third base or, or home plate. Um, is, is there any plans to expand, um, expand the the teams you guys have eight right now um is there any plans to to maybe make it 10 or something like that 
Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to say for sure yes or no, so I guess my answer is I don't have an answer, but what I will say is that I think it's super important for any, you know, content creators is that, you know, people get sick of watching the same thing over and over again, so it's important to always push yourself to try to grow and to change and to adapt to what your fans would want to keep watching, so I'll just leave it at that. Nice, nice. Bill Belichick, keep it under... Under the radar, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's kind of what I figured figured you guys would say, um, and that's a good that's a good you know viewpoint on it. Um, if you know if I'm speaking personally, I think it'd be interesting uh, to see Jonah Heath, who uh, is on the Diamondbacks with Jimmy Norp. I think he's he's an ace pitcher. Um, you know, if I if I'm like you know, po- pointing out as a fan who I think could captain a team. I mean, he, I mean, he's a solid pitcher to begin with, but the, the cool thing that you guys have kind of developed over the last couple of years is now you got like two pitchers per team that are actually pretty good. And you guys have to have multiple pitchers because, um, for each series of three games, uh, the best pitcher can only pitch two of them, um, at least in regulation. So, um, I guess, well, for the Mallards, uh, as a fan of, I personally, I'm, I'm a fan of the Mallards and the Cobras at this point. Um, cool. and Sorry. I would, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, you guys are fun. I mean, like losing Noah Dabrico, who has, who was around for a long time, um, and was a great hitter and fielder. Um, was that, was that a pretty significant loss last year? Um, you feel like to the team? Uh, I mean, yeah, last year was just a, it was a big adjustment, um, at least for me, because not only was I hurt, so my first time like playing injured muffle ball, so I couldn't really pitch or anything like that, and I was always scared to, you know, dive and things like that, but on top of that, you know, I'm used to going out there and playing with my, you know, my friends, the friends I grew up with um, and knew very well, so then being out there with guys who I haven't had more than two or three conversations with in my whole life, so it was a big adjustment, but um I think it provides opportunities to surprise a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I think it's yeah, it's got to be difficult um, transitioning from that where you have so many guys who you're um, or a couple guys who you're built in with people who are your good friends, and then transitioning to um, newer faces and and trying to keep the success. It's yeah, that makes sense. That it would be difficult. Uh, what was what were your, your so you guys had a great pitcher this year in Trevor Bonham, um, and he really had like a, a coming out season where he had a lot of success on the mound. Um, and near the end of the the league, you traded him to the uh, to the Magic. Um, what what was your thought process there? Um, as much as you can say, you know. Oh, I can I can say whatever. <laughs> Um, no, but you have to take into consideration, of course I want to win. I want to win so bad. I mean, it's like all of us are competitors and I love the people, you know, like you, who said you're a Mallards fans or for those kids out there who have parents who spent money and bought my jersey or they watch the videos and travel to see us. Of course I want to win for those people. But at the same time, there are things I also try to do for the better of the league in terms of creating better content, keeping everybody happy and um, just going forward with the best foot possible. So Trevor um, started to pitch very well. I thought he had you know, good potential, and I would hear from other players about how well 
you would face off against the best of the best from their little community. I say their community, I mean the Trenton guys. Essentially, the, like most of the 2020 draft class, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I just felt like we're not winning games at the Mallards. We're not winning anything. Um, why not give this person an opportunity to go play for a team that's in the playoff race along with the guys that he grew up with, which was a great experience for me, as I said. It just seemed like a better fit for everyone involved. Not saying that I couldn't find a way to win games with Trevor, but our formula clearly was not working. So why not put this person in a better position to succeed? And I think right away, you saw his bat come alive when he put on the Magic jersey. So I think it's a, a better move for both parties. Yeah, I think it, it makes sense. I think you are you guys are trying to rebuild with this draft coming up. Um, do you guys? Yeah, have... I know. I want some. I want some young talent. There you go. Uh, do you guys have any ideas of what the draft class uh, looking like for twenty twenty two is? Um, a little bit. Those conversations will start being more frequent, like top of February type of thing. But we have we have guys in mind. You know, I've I've collected information from people at tournaments. Um, I DM people from time to time, but it is tough because you know we're trying to pull. For, from excuse me, mainly a uh, a local um, local group of people, people who are willing to commute back and forth to these games, you know, five or six times for the summer. So it's hard. And um, like I said, one of the things, of course, I want the best guy I can find, but I also um, I want to bring in some young talent to this team too, someone who could, you know, one day be the face of the marriage when I'm when I'm old and washed up, as I already just about am. So. I, I think uh, that, yeah, like you said, the injury definitely didn't help last year. Um, I think you got you got a great bat, um, and you guys, like, you can field pretty well. So I, I think, you know, I, I it's going to be, you need another arm for sure. Like, that's, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be really uh, important that, you know, that doesn't give anything away. I mean, you guys just, you guys just do. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you, do you think of yourself as like a good uh, secondary pitcher at, at this point? Um, are you looking for like an ace, or do you think you would um, maybe go into this season as the ace and maybe have uh, look into you know this draft class for a secondary pitcher? Um, well, even if you know we looked at the team that won last year, I guess both teams that were right there at the end, the Wildcats and the Diamondbacks. And they had two great arms on both those teams. So I don't think one one ace is – you might say that's not good enough anymore to win this league as to how loaded the talent is getting. So not only do I need to get everything together on my end on the mound, now that I'm healthy again and able to do stuff, you know, I need to start throwing again, getting my arm into shape, getting my body into shape to, to throw a plastic ball 100 times, five times a summer. So I need to get that right <laughs> on my end. And then I also need to find talent. So it's both. You know, I got to step up too. Yeah. I, I was saying on um, – I've been saying to guys around our league, you know, I think nobody – this is just my opinion. But nobody should pitch – nobody should pitch wiffle balls competitively for too long because I've met people over the years in this community um, that have really done some serious damage to themselves. And we're talking about throwing – I don't even know what it is, a half-ounce piece of plastic over and over again – Throwing a baseball is one thing, but this is just, it's straight up unhealthy. It is. I've seen guys that are very, very uh, upset with their decisions, even though it was fun for them in the moment. But so 
I don't think I want to do this forever in terms of pitching, especially. But I yeah. feel like I owe it to myself to at least give it one more shot at really making a push at being one of the best again. What does it look like to train for being a pitcher in MLW? Like, like what do you do to try to put yourself in the best position for that? Well, that's a good question because this is a new journey for me because I grew up, you know, I played baseball since I was playing t-ball when I was three years old, starting into travel when I was eight all the way through, you know, varsity in high school when I was 18. So I'm now four years removed from playing baseball at a competitive level where my arm was, was always in good shape. You know, it didn't matter. And um, so I had, the training level was really nothing. It was go out there and practice for 20 minutes and I'm good to go. But like I said, now I haven't thrown a baseball in four years. I couldn't throw wiffle balls last year. So my arm is physically – the reason why last year, even though I thought I was healthy enough to go out there and pitch, I like – I lost my arm slot. You know what I mean? I didn't feel comfortable throwing the ball. It wasn't coming out of my hand the way it used to because I've lost that muscle memory, I think, of playing baseball. I'm getting unathletic. I'm getting old. So I think – what my plan is, which is not that easy to do in Michigan, I might have to spend a little money and get some space from time to time, once or twice a week. But I need to like throw baseballs again. I need to like figure out how to throw the heavy thing, figure out how to throw something that's not going to hurt myself correctly, and then then pick up a wiffle ball after one or two months of doing that and figure that out again. So that's kind of my plan, um, and I need to start that like right now because summer's coming up. So within the next one to two weeks, I would like to start throwing. Again, like I said, starting with baseball, then moving into pitching a wiffle ball again. Because at least back in the day when I was good, those two things went hand in hand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I can definitely, I'm 26, so I can definitely agree. Um, as you get older, it's it's difficult. You really have to to try to stay in shape. Um, so, I yeah, I mean, like I used to play soccer and tennis, and I'd play, you know, three sets, you know, for a, for a high school tennis match. And now after one set, you know, you're completely winded and it's hard to find the time to consistently, you know, play to stay in that shape. Uh, but I do, I, I have a tennis comedy that I wrote called, uh, till the last ball drops and I want to make it at some point and I want to be in it. Um, so at some point here, I want to, want to get back into tennis enough that I look like I'm decent at it, but this is like yeah. a movie? Yeah. A movie That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of good good times with friends. I mean, I think making videos with your friends is just, it, it is a good time. Like, and it's something you can look back on years later and kind of, you know, see, um, you know, see what happened, like, and just, I don't know, revel in the, in, in the moments that, that you guys created at that point. Um, do you get, do you get a sense of nostalgia, uh, going back in MLW, watching a couple old videos here and there, or do you try to stay more, more focused on the present? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's always good when you're maybe having a bad day or something to go back and watch some of those things. Cause like you said, it's nostalgic and, uh, it makes you think of when you were having so much fun doing this thing when it was, you know, nobody was watching besides the people who made the video all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to watch those old videos. That's awesome. Have have you guys? So, like, as MLW has grown, which it's grown pretty significantly 
in the past couple years, even since I've been watching. Um, have you guys seen like an international audience um, to some of these uh, some of these videos you guys put out? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, gradual gradual growth, kind of like we've seen here in the U.S. and just on YouTube and social media in general. And uh, I think it just comes with time. It's like a lot of the other things we uh, we do. So we just focus on putting out the best content possible. And then I'm always a big believer if you put out stuff that, you know, you love and that you know your fans will love, then it, the growth will happen naturally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy, though. Like some of the um, opening day videos you guys have had have had, you know, a million views. Is it – does it sometimes, like – can it sometimes, like, get to your head, like – um, you know, that these videos are, are being viewed by so many people. Does that like, I don't know. It, it, there's probably a sense of like wonder. And then also like a sense of like, it's kind of like intimidating. Uh, um, uh, that would be my guess. Like what, what's your, what has been your reaction to kind of the growth of MLW and, and how have you felt uh, about it? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I'm I'm a pretty like introverted person to be completely honest with you. And it doesn't really affect me too much personally. Cause now it's not like we're celebrities. You know, I can, I go buy groceries. No one's, no one's going to stop me for a picture or anything like that. Yeah. I've been, I've been stopped publicly outside of an MLW event, maybe three to five times over the years. So super rare. Um, so really it hasn't affected me a whole lot. What I think has been interesting to observe is the effect on guys that are coming into it, such as the rookies we saw this year, like Jackson Pearson and Dallas Allen. For those who are listening who don't know MLW, number one, you should check it out. But number two, you have no idea who those are. But they're you know young kids, 15, 16-year-olds, who were drafted into our league this year. And to see you know the emotion of them playing and to see their reaction on social media when their videos are posted and at the conclusions of, you know, big plays and when their seasons end, you can really tell that – you can tell that the audience has grown just based on how they behave. You know what I mean? Because they, <laughs> the, they realize the magnitude of it more than I do. Um, and I've said this before. This maybe isn't 100% true anymore after some of the recent traveling we did because it was pretty crazy just seeing, you know, 200 people all there going crazy for you. But which is a very small number compared to like celebrities, but still, you know, we come from, we don't come from that background. So, but I was saying like last year, earlier, earlier in 2021, I was saying like, I actually think I felt like we were bigger YouTubers when we had like 50,000 subscribers to where we have now close to 300,000. So I think it's just really perspective type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that if it doesn't affect your regular like day to day life, it's hard for it to sink in, um, but at the same time, it's people are watching and it's it's kind of wild. Um, yeah, so you, I always say not to cut you off. Sorry, go ahead. But I always say like the um, the tournaments are our events that we have. Um, that's when you start to feel the number on a screen meaning something. Because, like you said, whether it's a ten thousand view video or a million view video. My, you know, I still live in my parents' house. My day to day doesn't change too much based on the number on the screen. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you guys? Do you guys? Or it, is Kyle's full time job MLW? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. We both, um, we we grew up um, fans of, you know, rival colleges. He grew up a huge Michigan fan, Michigan family. I live across the street from them, and we're a big Michigan State people, so we're from Michigan. So uh, we both ended up going to our respective schools, our dream schools. He went to Michigan. I went to Michigan State, and uh, we both graduated in May of 2021. So, yeah, he's taking this on full-time. I do have a job um, completely unrelated to wiffle ball and sports and YouTube. I'm an engineer, automotive engineer, so much different. But um, I just felt like it was the right move for me coming out of school, and we'll see what happens in the future. But, yeah, he's full-time. That's, I mean, that's awesome um, that, you know – he's able to do that and that you guys, I mean, I mean, you're doing completely like, you know, part-time, like heavy, like I would say part-time heavy, uh, with MLW with, with what you're talking about earlier, 15 to 20 hours a week in the summers. And then, you know, some of the other organizing that you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome that you guys are getting there. Um, one like future, future question, um, like not any time in the near future, but like, do you do you guys think that at some point this could be like a traveling type league, like where um, you guys could be going to different cities, maybe, um, and and doing like you know a like a, a like all all eight teams play in one city, and then maybe something like um, the uh, the Ice Cube three on three league or something like that, where you guys. Uh, or the the um, ML uh, the lacrosse league MLL um, where they're going, eat, you know, maybe take up a weekend and everybody's doing something like that. Do you think that's maybe a possibility down the line? Yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't rule out anything. Like I said, it is um, a league that we run, and it's just a YouTube channel, so we can make decisions as we see uh, fitting. But we kind of experimented with that last year a little bit. Um, we had the opportunity to get into contact with um, a director of a golf resort, believe it or not, out in Oklahoma, kind of in the middle of nowhere, who had just built an activities center, as they called it. And um, part of that activity park or activity center was a wiffle ball field. So when he contacted us, kind of just like, I found you guys, and I was wondering, like, how could we get involved here so what we ended up doing is we we took two teams out there to oklahoma and we filmed a regular you know a regular season series like we would normally in michigan here we filmed it down there at their field and uploaded it as normal but our fans really seemed to enjoy it it was an awesome experience for us so um if more opportunities like that pop up i mean why not and the cool thing is as subscribers grow and the views grow that'll give us a little bit more financial freedom too to try to do more things like that and not feel the risk as much. So, um, so with that, do you, are you guys going to do that again this year? Go down to uh, Oklahoma again for that, for that series? I hope so. We're on, uh, we're on good terms with, um, the director that I mentioned and he still works there and we've, we've been in contact. So yeah, I don't want to say yes for sure. We're going back there, but we're, we're hoping to. That's awesome. Has, has any, uh, like, I guess, Wiffle ball, it, it feels like as a whole is kind of expanding within you know the U.S. Um, have you guys been reached out to uh, by more and more people um, about like new wiffle ball fields or um, I, I know you guys get some 
uh, ads for the podcast from other wiffle ball leagues. Has that been growing in your eyes, like the amount of people reaching out about wiffle ball and in, in, in the community in your eyes? Yeah, it's definitely growing, which is which is pretty cool. Um, like on a national scale, you know, most kids we meet at tournaments who are signing up and playing, and even adults for that matter. I always say kids, but it seems like we have almost equal adults teams that play too. So are saying like, you know, yeah, I have a league now with my buddies in our hometown and we built a field in my backyard and that kind of thing. So that's happening everywhere, which is pretty cool. I'm not saying everywhere isn't everyone, but I'm saying it's a yeah, it's a yeah. small community, but it's a niche community for sure that has, has its place. And just here um, in Kyle and I's home neighborhood where we've grown up our whole lives, um, there's like three houses here that now have kids that have a makeshift field set up in their front yard. So it's pretty funny. Sometimes I'll be walking my dog and I'll walk past them and they'll all like stop and look at me and I'm like, hey guys, cool that you're playing. So that's funny. That is awesome. That's, that, you know, that's what you like to see. And uh, I, I've heard a little bit about this too. Like something that parents have reached out to you guys about is is that, you know, you guys are encouraging people to, to go outside and play a sport um, and, you know, through the internet, which is kind of a unique, you know, avenue because a lot of a lot of times you know we're becoming more and more technologically focused as a culture um and it's cool that you guys are promoting you know getting out and playing and and being with friends and 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 having a good time um is that something that that people like parents routinely reach out to you guys about um one thing i would say about the parents is they they definitely appreciate you know our encouragement and our positivity and you know we keep a family friendly image on the youtube channel and of course when we're in person as well so um the moms and dads who come out really always appreciate that and they love saying yeah we love how our kids just go outside and play with ball all day and don't sit in here and play video games and bother us kind of thing so i just think you know i'm not a huge person who says you should always be outside and be an actor and all that kind of things because I really just want kids to do whatever they think is the most fun. That's what I like to always tell kids is when people ask about their wiffle ball league and how they should edit and how we make our scoreboard and how we do this, Willie bought that. I always just say, you know, don't try to be MLW. Like, don't try to be us. Just because you fell in love with us, don't try to be a duplicate of us necessarily. Do whatever you love to do. You know what I mean? So if that's inside playing video games with friends online, I really don't have a problem with that. And especially because yeah. the whole esports space has grown so much over the years. But I think it bothers me when parents try to, inc- I think everyone should be active. Always healthy is important, but I do think it, I get bothered by people who try to force their kids out of their passions, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, in a lot of things in life, there's, there's a good balance. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And and the thing is, like like you said, the esports game is is growing. Um, you know, when we were kids, you know, ten fifteen years ago, when when you were playing video games, the thought that you could do it for a living was just you know, you, you know, your dad would come downstairs and he'd be like, exactly, he'd be like, there's you know, this is pointless, da da da, and now yeah, and now yeah, it's yeah. a real career um, that people do. And even beyond that, it's just fun. You know what I mean? It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I, so. I completely agree. I think the cool thing though is like, you know, in, in all of life, there's there's a level of balance that's good, and and like you were saying, 
healthy. Like, like, you know, we want to have healthy lives with, you know, both social media, um, technology and like, you know, with, with friendships. And I think the cool thing about what you guys are doing is like, you can build friendships through video games. Like, I mean, obviously people talk over Twitch and, and, you know, over online Mm -hmm. gaming, but like, there's something to like in person, like, you know, being around your buddies, doing something that you guys love that, um, that's just, I don't know. That's what life's about in, in one regard, right? Like building relationships and having fun, um, and doing something together. And I, I think there's a lot of life lessons you can learn through like teamwork and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, passion is big too. And I think, you know, we, it would be bad to like, just say like, you know, uh, just because it's video games or just because it's something like that, you shouldn't be passionate about it. I think we should, um, promote that, but it's, it's good to promote like a healthy balance of, of things. Cause I, I do think like, you know, people, especially, you know, with this coronavirus and things, people can tend to get isolated, you know, um, yeah, big time. Yeah. And, and it's great to, to find small things to do or fun things to do um, with people in person. I think it, it just, I think there's an element that, that you get in person that you really can't through technology. That's me. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, um, but it is cool to see, you know, I mean, it's wild. Like those, those stadiums full of eat, like people watching people play video games. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy, man. I mean, I don't so much anymore. I'm just too busy and with work and everything. But, yeah, like when I was, um, like, growing up, when I was, you know, in my younger teenage years, I'd be like, like, Twitch was that people sit and watch people play video games. That's the most boring thing ever. But, like, when I was in college and Fortnite got big and I loved that game, I'd, I'd be the one sitting there watching people. So, I don't know. I think it's cool. My main thing there was just, yeah, do whatever you, do whatever you love to do. That's why I always tell kids when they – when parents are – the question was about parents and getting their kids active. If I could ever spread spread one message to parents, it's just to uh, let your kids do what they love. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's with cool. a balance. With a balance. With a balance, but but I mean, I think that's that's something that people have a hard time with because I think a lot of times it's easy to to want to like we we tend to have like this perfectionistic like viewpoint of like trying to plan out our lives and things like that. And especially, you know, when you have a kid, you have a lot of hopes and dreams for your kid. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think it's really important to kind of support them in them finding those things out for themselves, um, mm-hmm. which, which I think is what you're saying. Like people need to try different things in order to figure out what they truly love and, and what they're really passionate about. And I think sometimes, you know, like parents, be like well that's not practical and it's like <laughs> you gotta you gotta have dreams i mean life life is uh life is too short to not have you know dreams and and passion and things like that that you were talking about so i i completely agree with what you were saying there i think um i think allowing kids and people to to you know find what they're passionate about by by trying different things is is uh you know important in this life so um just kind of like to to wrap things up a little bit here um you know i i guess what are you excited about for this uh this upcoming season with mlw 
Um, well, first and foremost, honestly, I'm excited to play again. Um, last year, you know, it became, you know, my team, the Mallards, was the laughing stock. We were the worst team. <laughs> I was unhealthy, and it was just, it was just uncomfortable a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this this uh, off season, as I got healthier, and I've attended some of our own tournaments, um, I attended some competitive tournaments with the best of the best in our MLW league. You know, I, ha- I had a good time playing. To be honest with you, it was fun being out there, and uh, so I'm excited to play. Number one, and then um, number two, I guess, is I'm just excited to see what other opportunities come our way. You know, we're already um, we're already working with some people to make some cool things happen for this summer, like you saw last year with the Oklahoma thing, and then we got on TBS, as you said. So not only what we're already working on and bringing those to fruition, but just any other random email or DM that may pop up at any given point in time that could spark something awesome. So just the unknown is what I'm excited for too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think uh I think, you know, it's it's just really exciting the the whole um channel and the community you guys have built. Like you said, it's built a lot around positivity. Um, there's a lot of, you know, drama and, you know, you know, crap that goes on, uh, in our day-to-day lives, whether it's the news, whether it's, you know, especially the last couple of years here and to have like, you know, something to look forward to where it's just dudes, you know, having a good time and, and, you know, just being themselves, you know, doing the things that they love and, um, you know, and, and, you know, building up you know, storylines that I think, uh, Drew, Drew Davis is a character who I think is, is absolutely hilarious. Um, and you know, it just seems like he, he can become his own worst enemy at points because he just gets, uh, so into the game that he gets in his head and then like, you know, it's, it's hard for him to focus. But when he, when he's, you know, locked in and he's able to kind of not overthink it, he makes some of the best plays in the league. Um, and he, he's so entertaining in, with his personality and things like that. Uh, I think there's a lot of, like, small little things that come together in your guys' videos like that that just, uh, I don't know, I think people connect with and that uh, that do, like, speak true the positivity that you're talking about and, and, and just having a good time, so... Um, yeah, if I was going to say anything else, it's like, uh, thanks for what you guys are doing. I think it's, uh, I think it's an incredible league and, um, and I think what you guys are building is, is something awesome that, uh, that really promotes a lot of the, a lot of the cool values in life of just friendship and having a good time. Like you're talking about passion, like, you know, building on those things. And, and so, um, I think it's a cool, uh, it's a cool thing that you guys are doing, um, and uh, yeah, I'm fully in support. Uh, watch every every week. Uh, I watch those videos, and you know, to the audience, you know, if you haven't checked them out, they're just their videos, their their series each week. Man, it's it's you know, you think it's going to be maybe you know it could be like a a blowout, but most weeks, you know, it's just there's a dramatic game that just goes into extra innings and nobody, (laughs) nobody can get a hit. And, um, it, it never ceases to surprise, like, you know, the awesome things that you guys are cooking up and, 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 um, just kind of the, the cool and, and crazy, you know, kind of things that come out of these videos and, and the, the games that, that play out in front of the, the camera. It's, um, 
it's incredibly exciting. So, um, yeah, I don't want to take up too much uh, more of your time, but uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Tommy? No, those are really nice words. I appreciate it, and I uh, appreciate you following the league and speaking so positively of it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. I wish you the best of luck. I love I love seeing you and other people out there with their podcasts. I mean, similar to me, you know, our podcast, MLWs, doesn't get a whole lot of listeners. I don't know what your listenership looks like, but I just think it's cool. Like I said, people doing what they love and having fun in their free time and that kind of stuff. So I wish you the best of luck with your uh, with your podcast and your movies, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. And, and that was uh, time to be frank. <laughs>